podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast where even though the cricket is pointless we're fulfilling our promise of bringing you content. Uh, I'm Jack Hope, I'm joined by Ross Legg. How are you doing Ross? Yeah, I'm good. It's uh, some of the biggest games in the World Cup that we get to cover. Um, I mean, the fact that Afghanistan can no longer qualify is gutting to all Afghanistans out there. Big shout out to Rickin from the uh, from the Discord who has flown that flag for many, many weeks and um, it's a, a bit of pointless endeavour. So um, well done you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about the last three games from the Cricket World Cup. South Africa's victory over Afghanistan today. New Zealand's massive victory over Sri Lanka yesterday. And England, they won a game. It took them a month. Champions Trophy, here we come. (laughs) We're on our way to Pakistan, (laughs) lads. Um, So, you know, crisis averted on that front. Uh, Before we get into things, just a quick reminder to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're following the podcast on. And if you want to go a step further and provide financial support and security to Ross, myself, Max and the wider Cricket Podcast fraternity, you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod and signing up to support directly. Ross, um, there's no Max today. I'm sure he told us he was around. And then uh, about four o'clock, he was like, no, I can't do it. And then blamed no. you for, yeah, well, for that. Natural, I'm not sure how... It's natural, isn't it? It just happens. But, right? um, yeah, Which game are, should we start uh, with then? Should we, should we start with of... today's game? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Without him, you're going to have to do the summary. Afghanistan, yeah, that's absolutely fine. South Africa, Afghanistan, bat first. Tell us what happened. Yes. Yeah, it was at the Modi Dome, and what was well, unfortunately, a bit of a bit of a, a, a rubber, a dead rubber, right? Uh, I think Afghanistan needed to win by probably about 500 runs in uh, the ODI. So um, at least uh, they came down on top, winning the toss, put themselves into bats, um, and got off to a kind of an okay start. Um, they were kind of 40 for none, um, looking good. And then they quickly were 45 for three. So um, it was quite a, quite a top order collapse from them. Um, you saw kind of probably the, the best of South Africa, I thought, in here. I thought there was a bit around. You just see the the depth in their bowling lineup and the kind of different variations that they've got. And you have Ma- uh, Maharaj, Kurtzi, uh, Kurtza, um, and Gidi taking those kind of three wickets at the top with... Um, yeah, South Africa kind of getting back and wrestling control. But it was Asmatula who uh, provided some resistance um, in the middle order and was, yeah, um, not ably supported, but kind of people stuck around here and there. Um, but ultimately, 244 is what they ended up with. Um, I mean, even Felicueo picked up a wicket, which kind of says all you need to know about the performance. Um, and yeah, South Africa, you know, some nerves have kind of shown throughout this World Cup when they have been chasing. And here was no different, but um, yeah, it was a bit of a nervy chase in the end. They lost a, a, some wickets in quick succession, um, but ultimately they had the, uh, the, what, the one of the ODI kings in the last few years kind of anchor the innings in Rassi van der Dussen, um, 76 from 95 for him. And yeah, Felicueo showing that he's uh, more than just a uh, bits and pieces player with the bat as well. So um, yeah, ultimately a, a, quite a, straightforward if not slow performance by South Africa um, and they won yeah by five wickets with 15 balls left yeah um 
not a complete formality. I kind of start and come out of the game with some credit, and they come out of the tournament with some credit as well. It was it was their final match, um, so I think we can sort of start maybe with a little bit of a summary for them. They were a the surprise package, weren't they, through this World Cup, and they brought a lot of highlights, and I think um, can really leave the tournament with their heads held high, and, and possibly even Ross a little bit disappointed. Well, you know that they possibly they'll be a little bit disappointed that they didn't go a step further. Yeah, and I think that loss, that opening loss to um, to Bangladesh was a was a huge one, right? We we kind of build at the start that they need to get off to a flyer, and unfortunately, there's just been a little bit of inconsistency in both their kind of game management and their approach. Um, it took them kind of three or four games to realise that actually more than one batsman can actually hit some runs, which normally is uh, an important element to the game. Um, but their bowling lineup hasn't been kind of questioned, right? I think they've got a couple of paces in there who are dangerous. We know that their spinners are decent, um, and I think yeah, with a little bit more um, polishing in terms of their fielding attributes. Um, I think they can be a real handful and they'll go away from this being just like, you know what, we, we've made a step forward here under the tutelage of uh, Jonathan Trott. The Taliban, they'll probably be okay with this as well. Um, pretty good performance for for them. Um, will it will it do enough to say, yeah, we probably deserve to have a women's team? D- don't quite know if the Taliban will go that far. Um, but where you see that Sri Lanka... Um, have been banned for uh, from by the ICC for government interference. The ICC are not willing to stand up to the Taliban on that front. So uh, quite an interesting um, array of what they do care about and what they don't care about. Um, but ultimately, a successful tournament for Afghanistan. Oh, definitely. Um, uh, a real sort of coming, coming of age story, I thought. Obviously, that, that historic win over England, they followed that up by beating Pakistan the week after, then Sri Lanka the game after that, then the Netherlands, and they've won sort of four out of five matches with a, a loss to New Zealand in between that. And then they have Australia on the ropes in the, in the muscle match and um, get get maxed, um, which is sort of a bolt from the blue. Uh, we said before the tournament that we didn't think their batting was up to much. And I think they've probably proven us wrong on, on that front as well. And I, I think, I was going through the, the total runs for the tournament earlier, mm. four Afghan players feature in the top 20, which is pretty good wow. going. And just slightly outside the top twenty as well is Gerbaz. So if you were gonna if you were gonna name their their best batter before the tournament, you'd have probably gone with Gerbaz, and he actually ends up being their I think fifth top run scorer. So they Absolutely. showed a lot they, of depth. They, they did it. They also constructed some actually quite difficult innings. I think like they they they're one of the top scorers against India, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, they've chased actually quite what's the word quite comfortably. They they re- recognised that actually they. The net run rate, whilst it's important, actually getting the win is far, is more important than that, right? Um, and I think that yeah, the even the pictures of number of balls and your target score, etc. Like it's a really simple kind of method, but it kind of gives people um, something to aim at. So yeah, I think that they yeah can go away with their heads held high on this. Um, I also think that it's not a really old team. Like sometimes you get kind of teams coming through where actually a lot of the players are at the end of their playing days here. Actually, they've got quite a, a relatively young team with quite a lot of future ahead of them. And I think that, yeah, the next world cup, they um, yeah will have a, a, another important say um, in qualification. Yeah. Um, South Africa, they'll march on again, a kind of a weak chase you'd say from the, the sappers, but um, they, they got they did what they the had end. to, right? Yeah. They did what they yeah. needed to, right. It was kind of one of those kind of formalities. Like, it was, there was a couple of tame dismissals and yeah, I, th- I thought that some of the bowlers could have equipped themselves quite well. I mean, the fact that Mohamed Nabi comes away bowling his full 10 for going at three and a half and over, you're just like, that is, 
that that should not be acceptable. Um, but the president kind of turns up and um, probably, I'm guessing it would be one of his last ODIs. I, I, I don't know on that front if he plans to play until he's like 45, but um, yeah, gave a good account of himself. Yeah. Um, anything else from this match that you wanted to touch on um, or we'll move on? It's going to be a slightly shorter today, show today because it's a Friday and, you know, there's a couple of injury potentials in the South Africa lineup. So Bavuma was limping at the end and Ngidi was limping as well. So um, they play Australia in the semi-finals and they um, yeah, have got a few days rest now. But again, the the, the makeup of this side, um, they've got Isa Hendricks to come in if Bavuma is injured. Um, they've got kind of Lizard Williams potentially who comes in for Ngidi. Um, or they go with Shamsi, who's kind of the other spinner, depending on kind of what the track's looking like. So I do think they've got some options and options who have actually played at this World Cup. Um, so I don't think it's completely terminal if those people are out. But um, Bavuma and, and Gidi, obviously, two better players than the ones I mentioned. So hopefully they're fit and we get to see a, um, a full uh, South Africa contingent other than Nokia um, against Australia and give them a bloody good go. Yeah, we'll do a full preview of that match uh, maybe on our show on Sunday when we wrap up group stage um, so tune in uh, make sure you're subscribed <laughs> and, and listening to that uh, it's confirmed isn't it basically that they'll be playing Australia so we we know that in advance and it's it's the semi-final we they're both semi-finals the semi-finals we want I think aren't they in <laughs> India v New Zealand the hoodoo and uh, <laughs> Australia v South Africa like a big rivalry with some all-time classic World Cup matches mm. So look back on there, some some real drama, some history. Uh, speaking of New Zealand, they were in action yesterday against Sri Lanka. Um, Sri Lanka were the team that batted first, put into bat by Kane Williamson. And uh, it didn't go that well. Um, I think it's probably fair to say. Uh, they were bowled out for 171, which was actually a pretty good effort. Uh, it was a, nearly a 50-run last-wicket partnership. Uh, I didn't know, well, I was going to say I didn't know Teak Shiner had this in his locker. It was actually 38 off 91 balls, which is quite a slow thing to have in your locker. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, they count, don't they? It made it not a complete walkover. Um, New Zealand, uh, in response, it kind of set up a situation, Ross, where they had a, a very gettable target and they knew if they got it inside sort of 30 overs, they'd set Pakistan an almighty task against... Um, England uh, in in their final match uh, to to recover the net run rate. Uh, so they, they they really did go for it. Um, they win by five wickets, which makes it sound probably a little bit closer than it was. New Zealand did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were very professional. Um, pretty much everyone scoring at above a run a ball, apart from uh, Kane Williamson. We're still uh, have it of a lifetime. <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. Angelo Matthews gets two wickets in his final World Cup match. Uh, basically, though, it, it's a bit of a canter. For, for the Kiwis. And they more or less with this seal qualification, don't they? Yeah, do. And I think, um, again, yeah, quite clinical, I think, in the way in which they've gone about it. And like they, as I said on the preview show, they um, they were a little bit unfortunate. I think the, the, the rub of the green hasn't really gone their way. Um, and if you are someone who kind of, <laughs> kind of balances luck through a tournament and kind of goes, right, they're probably due some bits now. So going into the semi-final um, against uh, India is kind of when you want that to come out. But... Yeah, I thought that Sri Lanka overall have actually they've done okay this tournament. I think um, they've they've been a bit pathetic here and there in terms of some of their performances, but they've been so heavily depleted by injuries that this was a really really important game for them just to be like, right, can we actually show that we're still here and fighting? And unfortunately, um, some of the people didn't really stand up from the from the batting department as they were, yeah, like 
it was just carnage. First first ten overs, they lost five wickets. Um, Cusil Pereira hit a fifty, and you're just like, what is this bananas cricket that is happening here? <laughs> and you're just like, okay, this is complete. This, this is normal. Can we just go for this? Can we? Um, and yeah, they yeah. You look at someone like um, Mitchell Santner, Ratchin Ravindra. They are just such a useful asset in that space. Um, and Lockie Ferguson coming back into a bit of form as well is um, a good thing for them at this time. Yeah, the the key is, and you could probably say this is the first time in the tournament that they put out their best eleven, um, which is good for them, peaking at the right time, uh, got over all of those injuries, and uh, you saw sort of the full force of that bowling act. The Pereira innings is, I mean, that that really deserves a little bit of attention here. Fifty one off twenty eight, he's in and out in nine and a half overs. It's a it's a great T twenty opening bat. It's a great great T twenty innings. I think he's kind of gone. Look, well, actually, there's going to be some IPL scouts here. The nineteenth of December is not too far away. I need to demonstrate that I can do this against people like Lockie Ferguson and Trent Bolt. And then at the other end, it is just it's like people are batting in a you know, it's like the it's like an under eighteen playing in an under fifteens match or something like that. It's uh kind of kind of well, weird basically. Uh with the ball. We know Flanker didn't have it in their locker to to defend this. It was it was nice to see Kamira bowl a few quick deliveries in, in his short spell, but yeah, I think my take is job very well done by the by the Kiwis. Um, Ravindra is right at the top of the run scoring. Enjoy, no, go on, make your point and then we'll talk about him. Well, I think um, it's amazing that uh, New Zealand, have, well, they've lost to the top five so, well, of themselves, right? In, in this, yep. and they are qualifying for thing. And that, that, that's the bit like, they, again, we said they got a little bit unlucky again in some of those games, but they literally have just gone and beaten the shit teams and uh, they've been able to go, yep, we're going to, we deserve a place in the, in the semi finals. And um, England fans who listen to this will kind of be brewing that part of. Where why couldn't England kind of just suck that up and kind of get to that position because it couldn't even do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's sort of what the Kiwis are all about. It's exactly how they got to the the final of the last, well, the, the semi-finals of the last Cricket World Cup. They they beat everyone below them in the table, um, apart from apart from Pakistan, um, and had a rain off against India and got through. And, and well, they beat them teams six to ten here, and it shows that if you do actually turn up, do your preparation properly take these teams seriously you you don't have to do that much more to to make it through uh, a couple of convincing wins along the way and and no disasters on the net run rate from mm. in, in the matches you lose and you'll be you'll be perfectly fine um they've got india in the semis you you think india probably don't mind that even with the the history um, the, knockout cricket is interesting though. They've all got chumps, right? India have been an absolute steam engine, um, and it's been yeah amazing to watch. But knockout cricket it gets a different, yeah, a different feel to it. And New Zealand know how to win. Um, and the fact that you kind of talk about that who do like kind of the India's bogey team up front, and yeah, India fans and India players were sitting there being. I'm not sure. Like, they're probably a little bit apprehensive about playing the Kiwis. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think um, well, they would have been really confident to play against. I know it sounds ridiculous, but a confident to play against South Africa, right? Because they rolled them and they knew they've got their number. They I feel here, although um, they beaten them, I just think that there still is overhang from 2019. Yeah, they're they're well. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I'm I'm personally back in India. On that. I, just, I did want to shout out Ratchet Revenger though uh, before 70. Um, it's not bad for a guy who who you know basically wasn't in the starting eleven 
Uh, he's played like, he's played like 10 or 15 ODIs before this World Cup, was like batting at number eight. And you're just like, no, nope, we're going to just promote him to be in the top three. And he's going to just yeah. blitz all these hundreds. You're just like, what magic have they kind of sprayed on this bloke? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, top stuff for him. And I'm glad we'll get to see him in a, in a, in a knockout match. He very much feels like uh, a player for the future, doesn't he? Um, final well, game then, Ross. Uh, here's a question. Who do you think, yeah. uh, which IPL team is going to pick him up at the auction? Well, Spinning all-rounder, well, top order bat. Uh, yeah. RCB have got two overseas spin bowling all rounders, but I think they might go in for for a third. Um, <laughs> like, what? Why not? Uh, you can't have too much of a good thing, can you? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be stunned to see him ending up um, there. They're they're the sort of team that like buying the hot new toy. Surely Mumbai won't have the money after the Cameron Green splash out. Where are they going to find the money from? To, to don't worry, they've picked up Mario Shepherd on a on a trade for fifty lakh. I why? saw that. Yeah. No idea. Um, no, no clue at all on that one. Um, KKR, maybe they'll take him. Uh, we're going to take a break, then we'll get to the next game, and then we'll do a quick preview of the matches over the weekend. Uh, obviously, it's England v Netherlands. Um, some some repercussions there. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to the Cricket Podcast for part two of our two-part show on the end or near the end, the penultimate phase of the cricket world cup group stage uh the final match ross was between england and the netherlands do you want mm. to talk us through it really quickly uh, yeah england um actually turned up with the bat didn't we um for most part i think uh won the toss decided to bat um we had david milan come out and looking unbelievable touch he was liquid on it absolutely liquid um and then you saw some of the foibles of this England top order, unfortunately, where you've got Johnny Besto got a start, Jarut got a start, both threw it away, Harry Brook again um, in that space. And you were just like, oh no, it's all going to happen again. Um, as we were kind of, what, 175 for five, 178 for five. Um, you then had Ben Stokes digging deep and the man with half a hip, um, half a leg, a broken knee that he's getting operated on in like a couple of weeks time, turning up and kind of, doing what Ben Stokes does, right? Absorbing pressure and then exploding at the end. Gets to as a, another century for England to um, position them nicely for the Champions Trophy. Chris Wokes in probably his second to last year, his penultimate ODI for England, um, showing Joe Rue and Johnny Bairstow how to hit a 50 uh, in this World Cup. And then on the bowling lineup, we um, we wondered if there was going to be any run-outs for the Netherlands, Jack, didn't we? Um, Beresi got run out as was... Uh, um, <laughs> as his contribution. Um, third wicket to fall, though, so it was uh, an interesting part for them. But um, Willie struck, uh, Wokes was in there, and then we kind of just turned the screw a little bit. I think it was, unfortunately, never really in doubt on that front for England. They just got too many runs on the board. Um, and the quality of someone like Adil Rashid like, still kind of rings true. He's against against even really good bats, uh, good batsmen. He's a class act, and here he was just too much for them as well. So... It was, yeah, unfortunate for the Netherlands to kind of go out with a bit of a whimper. I thought they'd put up a bit of a better fight, but Ben Stokes and David Milan were just too much for them. Yeah, is the short answer to that. What you said is is correct. Um, it was it was interesting for England. They still played some of the old hits, didn't they? 
They've managed to get to 339 for nine here. Like it's a, it's Which a is not, not to be sniffed at, right? It's, still, it's a decent yeah, yeah. score. Like if you looked at all the all the scores, I reckon it's going to be in the top 10% of the ones from this World Cup. But along the way, Bairstow gets a start of Bales. Root manages to nutmeg himself. David Milan, looking brilliant, then gets run out. Um, Butler, you know, what's he averaging for the tournament now? Seven 13, or something? I don't know. Yeah, it's pathetic. <laughs> yeah, it's Moen Alley did a Moen Alley just hit the ball nice looking shot straight down the throat of long off and um, Moen Alley comes out and goes yeah you might as well just get rid of all the old guards literally like two weeks yeah. after signing the contract he's just yeah. like well, look what you've done you've signed the contract not yeah, you know what I mean you gave uh, it to they're us. 192 for 6 and then Stokes and Wokes do sort of pull it out a little bit but it didn't didn't give a, a lot of confidence and you'd think that there probably will be some changes um, from the perspective of what they had left to play for though it very much was job done. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they'll try and spin that somehow after the tournament. Um, Big achievement. But, yeah, you can't. We can't. You can't argue with the facts. They are almost certain to finish in the top seven now, top eight certainly. That gives them qualification to the Champions Trophy, which may or may not be a um, twenty over competition. Now we're not really sure about that. Makes loads of sense, doesn't it? ICC to have a to make your World Cup in the 50-over format, the qualifier for a less important T20 competition. Mm. Um, they're going to be the The most embarrassing scenario has been averted. Which is... Anything, uh, what, anything what, to add. It's unfortunate we're back into that position. When we started the podcast, it was always <laughs> just like England humiliating themselves in test cricket. And they said one one in 17 and one in 18 games. We had to follow all of it. It's nice to be back into the home comforts, isn't it? Of just We've averted a small crisis. Does Matthew Mott end up keeping his job? Owen Morgan, the amount of daggers that he's putting in the media is oh absolutely my delicious. That is absolutely delicious. It's a sinking ship he came out with yesterday. Um, and you just like, fair play. The guy has got clearly eyes on that job. Um, and he's making it um, very, very clear what he thinks about Matthew Mott and the current setup. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was quite extraordinary, actually. Although, you know, Mott, to some extent, did bring it upon himself. He he didn't turn up to the press conference before the match. Fitness coach Sent or the field, fielding coach, whatever it was. Fielding coach Carl Hopkinson, household name, um, instead, who basically said at the at the press conference, I don't know why I've been sent here. Uh, like, just resonating confidence um, from that, that England camp. Not really much more to add. It, it was a success in the end, yeah. and I think yeah. reflecting on on the Netherlands, like the Netherlands have held their own. I think they've done reasonably well at this World Cup, and um, and we were looking on the Discord earlier. They now have not got a scheduled ODI against a full member uh, nation until twenty twenty seven. Is that is that? I'm not sure if that that's one of the facts being bounded around on our Discord. So if that's true, I mean that's quite quite poor, really, isn't it? I I wouldn't be stunned. I mean it's. Um... That's cricket scheduling all over, isn't it? A team shows some promise, um, comes through. I mean, I, I think there's a serious case that they should be given, uh, effectively just given full membership now. Like they've shown that they're good enough. They picked up two wins at this World Cup. You don't you don't have to be competing to win a tournament for in a sport for people to acknowledge that maybe you deserve some say in how decisions are made. Maybe you deserve <laughs> to be part of the club. You know, they don't... Like, let's take football, for, for example. Nobody's saying that you know, Hungary shouldn't be playing international football because there's no chance of them winning the World Cup, are they? I mean, like, it's perfectly acceptable for Hungary. Like, England will still go and play Hungary in a qualifier 
<laughs> we're playing Malta and Macedonia next, or North well, Macedonia. Yeah, like, next. It, like come you on. can go a whole level level below that. You can go all the way down to Gibraltar and Luxembourg if you want San Marino. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it it just seems really silly that that there's a different approach in cricket. But you know, that's that's the sport. Um, that's the sport. Ross, there are three games coming up. We're going to get through them really quickly. We've got four or five minutes to do this, so a minute mm-hmm. on each. Australia v Bangladesh tomorrow. Um, Bangladesh, if they win. Do go above England in the qualification race. It's not going to happen, is it? The... It's not going to happen. Yeah. Shakib Al Hassan's gone home. Like, there's not even, but like, who gives a shit? Like, literally, Bangladesh have slunk out this competition. Like, it's been absolutely embarrassing to see what they The only bit they've added to it is the bloody timeout. That is literally the only thing I remember from it, um, yeah. from their contribution. And I'm just like, yeah, it's been a disastrous World Cup for Bangladesh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Australia will. I think we'll be clinical. I think you've you've seen this, and I think it's probably a good opportunity for them to kind of get a bit of confidence into that team. Um, and you won't or won't be surprised if um, yeah, will Steve Steve Smith be back in this lineup, or will they kind of continue um, kind of managing his vertigo? Don't know, but um, definitely need some runs for Australia. But I can't see them losing to Bangladesh. Yeah. All right then. Well, the next game is England v Pakistan. That takes place uh, slightly later tomorrow. Pakistan can make it. If they beat England by 275 runs or chase the score in, I think, four overs, um, how do you rate their chances? Um, bowl first, <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, um, I bet, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a battle of the idiots, isn't it, this game? Um, both have kind of underperformed uh, in this World Cup. Both have had kind of some okay moments and some standout perform- performances. But... Yeah, it's, I mean, out of the games, this this should be interesting. I think England-Pakistan is always decent to watch. Um, I think Harry Brook um, should play because he loves scoring runs against Pakistan. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing if um, Harris Ralph can continue his World Cup and go all over the park yet again. But yeah, it's just a bit of an unfortunate game. I can't see Pakistan winning by the margin they need to to get there, if I'm perfectly honest. I think even England... No even if we capitulate completely, still won't succumb to losing by that margin. I mean, realistically, Pakistan would have to bat first, get near 400 and bowl England out for about 100 runs. Like, that's the only scenario. Which is that... not completely out of the question. I think there is a... There's, like, you, if you look at the start of the tournament and where the end we are now, you're cut, the percentage points are a little bit in Pakistan's favour. Okay, maybe instead of 0.1%, it's 0.2%. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't see it happening, though. I think England they've realized how embarrassing they've been. And I think there's a bit where they kind of, can they finish, can they finish sixth um, if they win this um, in the table? Um, I think there is a little no. bit of personal, no. <laughs> <laughs> they can confirm seventh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're seventh best in the world, mum and dad. Brilliant. Well done guys. That's um, not bad. Uh, out of Court 13 finals. teams that play it or whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good game to watch. Um, but I'm not holding out any hope for Pakistan making the semi-finals. Cool. And then the final game is India v the Netherlands. Um, I, again, the only thing at stake here is Netherlands qualification for the Champions Trophy. Mm. Rain off. Do they have? Have... Everyone wants it to be a rain off, probably. Well, a rain off. A rain off probably gets them there. In fact, you know, almost certainly would get them there. And then the the other scenario is them beating India. Um, 
That would be that would, if he <laughs> had to lose one game in the group stage. It's Netherlands. That would be insane. It's at the Chinaswami, and there has actually been some rain around. So that you know, maybe there's there's some scenario where it's a, a weirdly rain shortened match or something like that. I mean, I'm looking at the weather now, and it says there's a three percent chance of some rain on the day. Well, um, which is probably more chance than Netherlands beating India. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So that's the that's the angle. It would be the mother of all giant killings, though, if they were to it do would. something special, it would. wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Right. And, then, uh, and then the BCCI would have to grant them full. Oh, the ICC, sorry, uh, would have to grant them full member status. So um, if that happened, yeah, it's not going to happen. But they've had a great tournament, the Netherlands. For us, we're going to be back on on Sunday evening. It's been mm. a pleasure as always. Uh, any final words before we sign out? No, thank you for all the people who are watching this live. Really, really appreciate it. Um, it has been. An okay World Cup, I think, on the on the whole, on the, on the whole, and I think the two weeks of slogging it through kind of almost pointless games has been um, actually more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. So, thank you for continuing watching us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and if you want to contribute to the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod and sign up. Cheers. Goodbye, everyone. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 